Welcome to What the Famicom, home of video game nonsense. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 4 of the What the Famicom podcast, the podcast for video game nonsense bullshit. Just discussions about stuff that you probably didn't know, probably didn't think to care about, or actually just don't care about. And I'm here to tell you about that kind of bullshit. Our topic today is about gaming in movies. Now, it's not... Now, don't go thinking, oh shit, he's going to talk about Tron. Or the Doom movie. No, you fucking idiot. I'm not going to talk about video game movies because everybody talks about video game movies. Everybody talks about, oh, the Mario Brothers movie is so bad. Or Doom, time to look at it as an adult. Oh my God, so bad. No, that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about moments in movies where somebody's playing a game or there's just fucking ridiculous moments in movies that involve gaming or whatever you want to call it. Because for most of these, it's not actually fucking gaming. So these are in no particular order, and I'm kind of going off of this from recollection. Probably the first time I've begun to realize some stupid-ass shit that was in some popular movies. I mean, half of these are popular, half of these are not, but it's whatever. So let's start off with the first entry that I remember noticing some fucked-up video game thing going on. I call it a thing because you'll see in a second. It is the Jackie Chan kind of it's most his most mainstream movie before rush hour it was rumble in the bronx it came out in hong kong in 95 in the u.s 96 if you know anything about jackie chan this was the fucking movie this was the jam i'm not really here to talk about the plot but i kind of have to go into it he's a hong kong cop he comes to america for his uncle bill's wedding uh he beats up drug dealers it's just classic jackie chan i'm not gonna talk about his PlayStation 1 game, Jackie Chan Stuntmaster, which I'm sure is fucking phenomenal, or whatever, I don't know. But I'm here to talk about the relationship he has with his Uncle Bill's neighbor, Danny, and his sister. So, at some point, Jackie Chan's name is is, is Kyung, I'm just going to say Jackie Chan, but he befriends the kid, and the kid is in a wheelchair, so he kind of sees him every now and then in the hallway, and he sees them getting on a bus to go to school. He's with his Uncle Bill, and he's waving goodbye to the kid Danny. And out of nowhere, Jackie Chan pulls out a fucking Game Gear out of his back pocket and says, Wait, hey, wait, Danny, I got this for you. First off, you notice, why does Jackie Chan have a fucking Game Gear in his back pocket? And then after he pulls it out, you notice there's no game in it. Who, the, who, who gives somebody a Game Gear, any kind of game system, with no fucking game? What a dick move. It's like giving, going to somebody's birthday party and giving them an empty gift card. Like, oh, here's a gift card. There's no fucking money on it. So anyway, Jackie Chan's an asshole. Gives this kid a Game Gear with no game in it. I'm like, whatever, cool. Gives it to the kid through the window. Kid grabs it. And I shit you not, this fucking kid starts playing the Game Gear with no game in it. Like, it, there is no tomorrow. This kid go, starts going buck wild on this Game Gear. And you clearly see there's no game in it. What the fuck? Like, I'm about to be a dickhead. I know this kid's in a wheelchair, but he's not a fucking moron. What is going on in this game? And then he walks away and Jackie Chan, his Uncle Bill's like, oh, what did you just give him? Jackie Chan's like, oh, just an old video game system I had. 
It's not a system, you fucking idiot. It's Game Gear, and you dicked the kid over because you didn't give him a game, but this kid has magical handicap powers because he can just play games that aren't in there. So that's the first time I noticed that movies were like, we don't fucking care. We're just going to do whatever. Gaming's not really mainstream yet, so let's just trick people into thinking this kid's going buck wild about a Game Gear. First off, a fucking Game Gear? Come on. I guess Sega was popular at the time, but nobody, even in 95, 96, nobody was fucking buying a Game Gear. Uh, I really, I've, I've hated that fucking moment for almost 25 years of my life, and I couldn't wait to talk about it. So I'm really glad, even if nobody fucking listens to this, I'm so glad I got that off my chest. That pisses me off to no fucking end. Um, to actually continue the Game Gear, weirdly, the Game Gear trend, there is another movie that came out that utilized a Game Gear. And it was 1993's Surf Ninjas. You may have heard of this. You may have not have. It's about, it's a comedy about surfer teenagers and Rob Schneider. And the kids find out they're heir to some important family, ruling a family, like it's like a peaceful, like, I don't even, dynasty. And Leslie Nielsen's in there and he plays a guy named Colonel Chi and it's probably racist or he's probably doing his naked gun shtick. But anyway, so for reasons that are really unknown and they don't really fucking explain it, the youngest kid, I believe his name's Adam, he has a Game Gear and he realizes his Game Gear is kind of watches stuff around him and mimics and he can control certain shit that's going on. So he can like, just for example, he's playing a game and he sees a boulder over a bad guy and there's a bad guy in front of him. And he makes the boulder drop. I don't think that fucking happens. It probably does. But he notices that he's kind of controlling what's going on. And I'm like, what? I don't, okay, sure. And then I kind of dig, dig, dig a little deeper and find out that Sega actually co-financed the movie because they wanted people to really like the Game Gear. And push for it. So 93 makes a little more sense. I think the Game Gear came out in like 91, 92, 90. I don't even know. I'm too lazy to actually look it up. But yeah, so Sega co-financed it. And when because they pushed for it, when the movie was just in the script phases, they started making the Surf Ninjas video game for the Game Gear. So in the movie, the game that the kid is playing is the fucking Surf Ninjas Game Gear game. What? So let me get this straight. It act, it's, it fucking belongs in Guinness because this is the first time a video game game has come out before a movie. And above that, the person in the fucking movie is playing the game. That doesn't make sense. So I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, cool, Surf Ninjas, you're in, you're probably in Guinness World Records book for doing that. And Rob Schneider probably did something funny. And the game also came out for the Amiga 1200 computer and related CD32 consoles. It was made by Flare Software and MicroValue. I'm pretty sure they were somewhat popular for making like smaller tier games. And a little fun fact about this, two teenagers, one is Adam, the other one's Johnny. He's like the more athletic older one who actually fights the people the kid with the game gear just like twiddling his thumb not doing much but the older teen johnny is actually if you know 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the movie, Secret of the Ooze, it's actually Kino. So that's like a fun fact, but also like a fucking fart fact, because nobody gives a shit. And another fart fact about this fucking game, movie, whatever, is the game, this isn't as bad as Rumble in the Bronx, because the kid does have a game in the Game Gear, but it's like a little blacked out. So, I mean, when you're watching the kid play the Surf Ninjas game, it looks like garbage. And I'm assuming whatever game was actually in there was probably garbage because it's in this fucking garbage movie. So, you're probably better off not knowing what game it was. It, it, it could have been like the X-Men Game Gear game or a Sonic game and they just marketed it out. They're probably really fucking happy that nobody knows what it is. Moving on to, we actually keep going back in time, which is not on purpose. But we go to Nightmare on Elm Street 6, the 1991 movie. And is more famously known as Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Now, if anyone has seen any Nightmare on Elm Street movie in the 80s, aside from the first one, there's a whole lot of fucking Freddy lore that you don't need to know because this one just wipes them all out. And between that time, between the first movie and now, there was all this Freddy lore. There was the cult classic Nintendo game made from Rare uh, that a lot of people know, a lot of people played. But anyway, in 1991, they decided to just end the series in a really fucking bad way. So they go back to the plotline of... Freddy being a pedophile, which I guess I'm not really uh, sure would, would, it's weird, whatever. Anyway, the movie is about a dude who thinks he's Freddy's long lost kid. So he goes to a town, meets a therapist, meets foster kids that live in like a foster home. I don't fucking, I don't remember, but somehow they all fall asleep. Of course they do because they're fucking idiots. Somehow they fall asleep, they all wind up in a house, and one of the teenagers is 90s mainstay Brecken Meyer. Now, you probably all remember him from the Garfield movie. So he's there, he's asleep, he's in this house, and then they show Freddy in, like, this surveillance camera fucking room watching him, but also playing a game, because the kid gets sucked into, a like, a shitty Nintendo game. And Freddy's first playing with a... A joystick, but it's like the tiniest fucking joystick. It's not... Nobody in their right mind would use this. It does not make sense. So he starts using this weird Atari controller. It's not... It's not even a real thing. And then he switches it up to this fake-ass power glove. And then brutally murders this kid, of course. And I think he pretends he's the kid's father or something in video game form. Anyway, he's going crazy. He's loving it. He, like promotes it like it's the actual power glove and he wiggles his fingers in front of the camera like it's really meta for brutally murdering a teenager but again this fucking movie is goofy as shit so the graphics in the actual game top-notch garbage um i mean it's 91 even for 91 a nintendo game the game was garbage and i wouldn't fucking buy it if freddy actually made this game i'm not i'm not fucking Nah, dude, I'm not giving you money. To be fair, he's a fucking noob. So, 
I mean, he's having a great time, though. That's all that matters. Let's be honest here. When you're playing a game, you're having a good time, you know, you're playing with your power glove. That's all. You just, you're just really trying to game. Game on, Freddy. Freddy Krueger, I hope you got a trophy for that one. So our next one is bouncing a few years forward is probably one that you definitely don't fucking know. It is Police Academy 6, Mission to Moscow. Came out in 1994. Now get this. I'm going to give you a tiny bit of Police Academy history in like two sentences. It is the first Police Academy that came out in five years. Apparently in the 80s they all came out one year apart, which is kind of, it's like an Assassin's Creed series. That's fucking wild. Um, It was the lowest grossing one of all the movies. And it was the first movie to actually be filmed in Russia after like the Cold War scare. And it actually got actually filmed on famous Russian locations, which probably wasn't cleared by Russia, but that's... Whatever, man. Anyway, Ron Perlman's in it. Christopher Lee's in it. Anyone who literally wasn't Steve Gutenberg, they're fucking in it. Because they probably needed the money. So the plot of this movie is very important, but it's not because the movie is fucking garbage. The plot is about this game that's blowing up in popularity, just called The Game. Yep. So it's so huge that it actually grossed $1.5 billion around the world. And Ron Perlman is the person that created this game. Created this game for the PC and the Game Boy. That, you can't, you can't convert a Game Boy game to PC and vice versa. So there's one scene where he's holding a floppy disk of it. There's no way you can convert the two. So he's, he works for the Russian Mafia. He's a Russian Mafia boss. It's this PC Game Boy hybrid game. That's not fucking possible, so that bothers me. Anyway, to take over the world, he gets everyone to play it. It's not really mind control. It's just blowing up in popularity. I think it's supposed to hack into the security systems of other countries. Anyway, that's not important because the movie's not important because, you know, for said reasons. So in the beginning, there is a news report talking about the game and the news anchors the woman's like this game is growing in popularity blah 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 blah. and there's an old man who's the other news anchor playing the game next to her on the game boy but he's not playing anything because they don't even try to hide this this dude is just playing a game boy with no fucking game in it you can even you can just go watch it they're not even hiding it they don't even mark out anything this dude's facing sideways. You can see he's just playing a Game Boy with nothing in it. Again, another instance where somebody is just going buck wild over illusions. And these people are just completely fucked up because there's no game in there. You're not playing anything. You're not doing anything. It really bothers me. But it's clearly no game in there. And later they actually show the game. They show it, you know, in passing, and the game looks like garbage. Like, the game of the game looks like garbage. And there's supposed to be a sequel coming out to the game called Boris Bear, and that looks like shit, too. So, Police Academy probably single-handedly destroyed the Game Boy and Russian relations with America. We're probably in the situation we're in now because of Police Academy 
mission to Moscow. You really, like, all the people that are back, like, even the dude that does fart noises, even the buff guy, the blonde chick, I think all of them are back except Gutenberg. And these people are just fucking, like, what are you doing? You, you, are you sure Nintendo didn't finance this? But they were just like, nah, you don't get any of our games, so just pretend that you're, you care about this shitty one. Like, Christopher Lee is the one that hires these police academy dinguses. For some reason, I don't know why. Hey, there's a Russian problem. Let's hire these idiots from the police academy so the guy can, like, make cheeseburger noises like in the one movie. Come on. Anyway, I remember seeing this movie when I was younger. I've seen all these movies. I remember seeing this movie when I was younger, and the main character is a new dude. He's, like, a young dude. He... You don't know who he is. He's just introduced in this fucking movie. And you don't care about him. You're just like, where's the Goot? Where's the Gutenberg? And it's just him wackily going through Moscow, running into Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's making this fake game. It's fucking stupid. And I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Between Rumble of the Bronx, Surf Ninjas, and this. Like, the 90s were... It's not even like product placement. It's just fucking stupid. Like, why? Why would you even do that? Why would you give the handicapped kid, he's already got enough problems, as is, you give him this handicapped kid an empty Game Gear, you know? You're giving these, uh, you're telling these teenagers they're bound for greatness, and this one's playing a game about their own fucking life, that won't drive someone crazy, and then you're trying to hypnotize the world with a non-actual game, but when you show it, it looks like fucking diarrhea. I I don't get it sometimes, but it is what it is. Again, we're not here to... I just want to remind people, in no way, shape, or form am I going to talk about actual video game movies. I mean, they that topic's been beat to death so many times that there's just no point. There's no point in talking about Tomb Raider or Prince of Persia or any of that stuff because I'm just going to give you the same opinion that everybody else gives you I'll give you the same opinion I have probably had five years ago or four years ago or fucking ten years ago. If you want that podcast, you know, I'm sure you'll find it 500 times over on YouTube. But I'm here to talk about the even more stupider moments in actual movies that people wanted to see for reasons not in gaming. But guess what? They got a gaming moment that kind of threw off the whole memory of that I have of these movies like i've been thinking about that rumble in the bronx moment for over 20 years i just watched it recently because i just went on a jackie chan binge watching and i watched that and it just boiled my fucking blood and i actually stopped it because i immediately had to say something to somebody and i thought hey i'm gonna make this a topic because oh my god jackie chan you know you're a smart dude you got the money buy this kid a game there was so many games no you got to drive this kid crazy because he already has, already has to deal with his neighbor getting married and inviting his nephew from Hong Kong who can beat the shit out of him. Ah, it just fucking bothers me. There's so many more instances of movies in that have gaming moments but aren't really about gaming. Like, say, The Lawnmower Man. It sort of is about gaming but not. There's a scene 
about like virtual reality in the movie Disclosure with Michael Douglas. Not about gaming. Uh, to cap things off, I'm going to take probably one of the most popular movies that has a sort of gaming thing that's always pissed me off. And again, it's not a gaming movie. It is Ghostbusters 2. And I don't remember the last time you've seen Ghostbusters 2. I think everybody and their mother has. But Ghostbusters 2 has a scene where they control the Statue of Liberty after covering it in fucking jizz with the NES Edge joystick. It was 1989. The Edge joystick was huge, of course. But Ray Stance decides that he's going to control the Statue of Liberty to just became a fucking sentient being with jizz and this edge controller. And he just, he puts it down. You Literally, this scene is him just putting it down. Nothing's plugged in. Nothing's wired. He just decides to push buttons. And she starts moving. Nope. Nope. Not in, nope. Doesn't make sense. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money Nintendo paid you. You better fucking explain that. Because I don't know, what does that one big button do? You know? What, how did she lift her foot purposely to crush that car? How did she throw down her arm in the end to hit uh, the glass to go down to Vigo? You're not going to explain any of that shit. Nintendo's not. I'm fucking pissed. And it bothers me. These moments bother me. Uh, I can't think of really anything else. There's so many moments. I remember there's a moment in the movie Beethoven where one of the kids is playing Super Nintendo. And I'm pretty sure if I go watch that now, that's going to piss me off. Because I'm sure it's going to be a fake name, fake game, or the kid's not going to be holding the controller the right way, and something's going to bother me. And I'm kind of glad that I wanted to get this off my chest, because nobody talks about these movies that, they don't owe anybody an apology or an explanation. But 20 years later, I want one. I want to write to Sega and be like, yo, dog, why you done do me dirty? By giving Jackie Chan a Game Gear with no game in it. So I'm kind of hoping to bring awareness. I'm going to start a charity for people that have felt like they've been wronged by these companies and these movies. It just only makes sense. Uh, you know, Nintendo's got all the money in the world. Sega's still pretty big. They're still jerking Sonic off, changing his design for the movie. Don't even get me started on that. But it's PlayStation, I don't think PlayStation's been in any movies. I could not find any instances where a PlayStation or a PlayStation console was in a movie that didn't really call for it. Like if it was a movie like and it shows a guy playing PlayStation with his kid, that's one thing. But if it's about some robbers robbing a bank and sticking the diamonds in a PlayStation and they did something wrong, that would piss me off. It's just... It's not even, it, this isn't world hunger. This isn't fucking curing cancer. This is not an important thing. But I like to, things like that grind my gears a little bit. Really bothers me. So I want to end this episode on a more positive note because this whole episode has been really getting under my skin. Jackie Chan's been pissing me off. Christopher Lee and Ron Perlman pissing me off. The Ghostbusters, all of them. I'm sorry, Rick Moranis, you're a Ghostbuster now. You're pissing me off because you're a part of their group. And you should have known that the Edge controller should not be used for that kind of shit. 
But anyway, I'm going to blow off some steam. What I want to do is I want to introduce a new segment in the end of my episodes. I'll periodically do it. I'm going to answer some fan mail. Because I've been, ever since the first episode, I've been getting so much mail, so many emails, so many letters, carrier pigeons, just dropping off, you know, hey, with the Famcom, you're doing wonders for my family, like, keep up the great work, stuff like that. So I appreciate, you know, the the support, the love and support. You know, I'm getting thousands of pound thousands. I don't even know, you know, how to handle each one. But I take a few. I'm going to take a few and kind of read them. So my first letter is from Dean from Kentucky. He says, hey, what the Famicom, what's your favorite Mario game? <sighs> anyway, next letter is Dane from New Brunswick. Ooh, Canada. <laughs> Dear what the Famicom, I'm in the middle of a divorce, but I want to buy a PSVR. What do I do? Well, Dane, that's a dumb question. You get the PSVR. I mean... That technology is never going to go out of date. Your wife or your ex-wife might. So, you know, I don't know what else other advice to give you, Dane. It's probably best if you get the PSVR. So then I can borrow it off you because I suggested it and I really want to play it. I don't want to spend $300 to get it. So thank you, Dane, for sending me that mail. Final letter is from a man named Dalex. I don't know how you would spell that. D-A-L-E-X, Daleks from Philadelphia. Dear What the Famicom, love your show. I recently started a baby carrier company and it fell through and I lost all my money from it because no one bought any. Okay, that's weird. I feel like a loser and I hate myself and don't want to shave my beard now because I have no jawline and chin and I don't want people to know this because I would add to my insecurity. What is it? What is this guy writing to me for? Anyway, I was wondering if I can join you on your podcast and talk games. I really like Mario games. Jesus fucking Christ. I also really like Game Gear. Hey, have you ever seen Rumble in the Bronx? There's a kid that plays Game Gear in that. Exclamation point. Oh my fucking God. I was so jealous when I was younger when I saw that. Thank you for taking my letter. I really thought this segment was going to make me a more positive person. And that last letter really... <sighs> Daleks, your taste in video games is fucking terrible. Eat shit. No, you can't join my podcast. I hope you never make that money back from anything you do. <sighs> I do... Why do you people even send me this mail? I would hope that you would uh, you know, actually ask me or send me money. What the fuck are you doing? <sighs> anyway... I appreciate you guys listening to episode four of the What the Famicom podcast. I am glad to let you know about the topic of, I don't even know what to call this genre of gaming moments in non-gaming movies, because it is a disease, it is a virus that spread throughout all the 90s of just these what the fuck gaming moments. And it just, they have seeped into my skin. And I want the world to know that it makes me angry. That every night I go to bed, I wake up in cold sweats thinking about that rumble in the Bronx scene. And the Ghostbusters scene. And probably next time I see Beethoven, I'll be thinking about that Super Nintendo scene. Anyway, 
I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I wish I had more examples for you, but I feel like the examples I gave you was more than sufficient. And I do hope that you check out the next episode of my podcast. I don't know what I'll talk about. Maybe I'll talk about, I don't know, your favorite Mario game. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Dean. Dean from Kentucky. Yeah, maybe I'll talk about my favorite Mario game. Uh, Maybe not. But anyway, thank you for listening to episode four of What the Famicom. I appreciate your feedback. If you want to leave me a comment or find me on social media, it's What the Famicom on all platforms. Uh, Thank you, guys. And you have a wonderful evening, morning, or night. Game over. What was the famicom? What was the famicom?